We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to the NFL Week 11 edition of the Rotowire Sports Betting Pod. We are going to talk you through every game on the Week 11 slate. Jonathan, I know it's been a busy week for you. We got ESPN Bet launching this week. That's been wild for, for everybody at Rotowire and GDC. Uh, how's everything holding up? You hanging in there? We're hanging in there. Uh, Tuesday was a real whirlwind. That was obviously launch day. And uh, uh, as luck would have it, I had some travel. I was going back up to, to Rotowire HQ. So basically mm. from like 530 in the morning Eastern until uh, like five o'clock central time, I was just I was in I was in the mud. But uh, we, we're, we're good now. Um, successful launch, to, to say the least, and uh, a great time up at Roto HQ. Great to see everybody. And, uh, you know, it's never a bad thing. When you get a free steak dinner at the tornado room mm. so that was uh that was a lovely time um and yeah now now i'm back in the saddle and i've been pouring over this slate all day and i'm feeling good about this one man yeah man it's a fun slate you know these last few have been so jam-packed with like one and a half point spreads two and a half a bunch of like last week we had what five games that were right on the key number of three uh we, we got a nice variety this week you know some big numbers some numbers that have been on the move pretty significantly over the last couple of days. Uh, so looking forward to diving into all of those. We'll talk about some of our leans for the circuit contest. Coming off a 3-1-1 one, one week there. We'll take it. Uh, I, we should have pushed harder, I think, to, to use the Steelers. Like, we we talked about it, right? They, they have this, like, weird, devilish way of always winning a game by more than three. And what do they do? We they win by four against Green Bay. You know, we... And then, of course, we lose on Buffalo. That that one felt like it was sunk from the beginning. And, yep. you know, I'm, try, I'm trying to do, like, all the mental math in the second half of, like, all right, so... If we get a safety here, that would tie it. And then, you know, maybe they'll get a touchdown at plus the two point. And no, but by like mid third quarter, you knew we were cooked on that one. That That's right. And, you know, and it, it hurt doubly because, you know, I've, I've been banging the drum against the Bills basically all year. And I, I felt like the public was, was too strongly uh, on Denver. So I was like, mm-hmm. something's up here. Like we, we got to just go ahead and, and go with, with the Bills at home there. They need this one. Uh, they they're fighting for their playoff lives. And I mean, now that that's, that's still true. Um, but now we're, we're to the point where it's like, Oh, the bills, you know, they got the tiebreaker over the Raiders now for, for the 10th spot in the AFC. So it's a, it's yeah. an uphill climb for those guys. So yeah, before we dive in, I just want to set the scene here in my, my home office studio today is a uh, state championship day for Wisconsin high school football by uh, my esteemed alma mater, the Wrightstown Tigers going for the state title right now. Uh, so if I let out any any hooting and hollering on the pod, that's why I was. Uh, <laughs> I, and so it's on like local TV here, and like I don't actually care about this. Like I don't, I'm not really locked in on you know my high school. I was like one of the worst players in program history, so I don't, I don't have any like deep allegiance here. But 
Um, the D- Division Six was right. Uh, Wisconsin has seven divisions. The Division Six game was on before this, and I, I turned on the TV just in time to see a German foreign exchange student, number seventy-nine, hit the game-winning field goal. Uh, it was then revealed that the other teams, it was 7-7. He hits the game winner as time expires. They win 10-7. All the other team had to do was kneel it out to go to overtime. And then, you know, from then on, you kind of reset. They, instead of taking a knee, ran the ball, immediately fumbled, and then set up the the game-winning field goal. So that is that is like deep, you know, small-town Wisconsin high school football. That, that uh, you know, I'm glad that we're we're getting to live stream this now because I know that that's going to lead Scott Van Pelt's uh, uh, bad beats segment uh, later yes. later on the, this week. Um, I really lost my shirt on that game, but you know we're we're trying to just to plow through. Yeah, that'll be the last uh, Wisconsin high school football update we provide on this uh, NFL betting podcast. So uh, <laughs> thank you for bearing with me. All right, let's dive in, John. I you know I did a, did my video earlier today talking through some of my circle leans. Uh, so we will go through some of those games. Uh, we'll hit every game on the slate as we do each week. And I, I want to bypass Bengals Ravens just because that game kicks off in a couple hours. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that one on the pod next week. Uh, but let's start with the uh, noon slate on Sunday. We got no Germany games, no England games, none of that uh, foreign crap this week. We're starting with Cowboys Panthers. Cowboys ten and a half point favorites on the road. They were, of course, I think it, I think it closed at sixteen and a half in circa last week. I know it was up to seventeen at some books. Uh, they took care of business as we expected against the New York Giants. Carolina, technically a better team than the Giants, but I, I still really like the Cowboys at 10 and a half. I know they've been a different team on the road, uh, but these are the type of games that it feels like the Cowboys get up for. You know, it's not the elite opponents. Like they love nothing more than beating up on the bad teams. That That is absolutely their MO. It's, it's, uh, it's something we'll, we'll see how that, that works out for them, you know, come, come January and everything. But as it stands, yeah, Dallas, this this is exactly the type of team that they that they whoop up on, and and the the Panthers just they, they'll have the rest advantage here. So there's something to be said for that. But it's not like the the Cowboys really had to exert their, themselves uh, too hard that this past week. So this is a this is another great spot for for the Cowboys. And I, I got to say, Dak Prescott is playing better than I expected coming into the season. Yeah. Um, I, I think we also have you know C.D. Lamb really emerging as a, as an upper crust. Uh, type of wide receiver. Brandon Cooks had the big game last week. Jake Ferguson is, is consistently producing and the defense is still pretty nasty. And, you know, you, you you worry about the absence of someone like Trevon Diggs against a good passing team, but Bryce Young and the Panthers do not qualify as such. Yeah, and don't. therefore, uh, this is going to be, you know, 10 and a half, you, you don't love it for, for a road team, but I, I think it, in this particular instance, with the Cowboys, the way they play these games, I, I think that this is not going to be like the Cardinals game. I think this, this one is going right. to be pretty resounding. That's exactly what I was going to bring up is, you know, we've already seen them kind of get tripped up in a spot like this, but I just, I, I'm, I'm way more scared of Josh Dobbs than I am Bryce Young right now. And I, I, it hurts me that I have to say that, but I mean, think of the last time we saw Carolina and we should mention that, you know, they have a rest advantage. They played on Thursday last week. I mean, that was, that was as toothless of a passing game as we've seen all year. And I, I'm including Tommy DeVito. I'm including, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some, some of the, Bears games that we saw earlier this year, including everything we've seen from Zach Wilson. I mean, that was, it was brutal. That was brutal. That was an exploitable Bears defense. And they, you know, they're, they're just doing their, their usual, you know, two, three yard passes, nothing down the field whatsoever. And I think if Carolina starts to take those chances against Dallas, that's not going to end well. Uh, a couple numbers I'll throw out for you and, and then we'll move on. Double digit favorites this year, John, 10 and 0 straight up, eight and two against the number. The Bills are responsible for both of those ATS losses by double digit favorites. Um, you know, we, we mentioned CD lamb, getting him unlocked. Like, that feels like it's changed everything for Dallas. I mean, midway through the year, we were talking about him being one of the bigger busts 
in fantasy football. He's got 34 catches in 500 yards over the last three weeks. You know, they got Brandon Cooks involved last week as well. Uh, Dak Prescott, 33 and seven straight up, 28, 11 and one ATS as a favorite of six or more points in his career. Uh, and then talking about that Carolina team, they're down to 22nd in defensive EPA. That was kind of the one thing they could hang their hat on earlier this year. They're not getting any pressure despite being one of the heaviest blitzing teams in the NFL. And the run defense has been particularly bad. Like the pass defense is still okay. They're more so middle of the pack there. They are 30th in run defense EPA. So if there's ever a week to, to get Tony Pollard, get Rico Dowdle going, this might be it. Yeah. It, it's sad that we have to bring up Rico Dowdle, but that's how disappointing Tony good. Pollard's been. But, uh, you know, I, I, looks good. He did. He does. Uh, you know, and great name, Rico Dowdle, sweet name. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I feel like it, I would have said the same thing about, about Pollard uh, last week uh, for, for fantasy purposes. But again, besides the point for, for this particular uh, pod. So I, I just, I'm all over the Cowboys here. I, I can't really, yep. I can't even twist things in, in such a way to where it's like, oh, no, no, the Panthers, Panthers are, are sneaky here. They're live here. No, no, they're not. No. They're not. They're just not. Uh, we like that one. I think we'll be locking that in Circa. Uh, John, a, a game that I would probably like to avoid for Circa purposes, it's a pick em in the Circa contest. Uh, I'm seeing Browns minus one at DraftKings right now with a total of 33 uh, that is our situation for Steelers-Browns in the early window on Sunday. That is the second lowest total of the decade, I learned today. Uh, the Browns were also involved in the lowest total of the decade. That was 32 and a half two years ago. Uh, it was a late season Saints-Browns game when it was like six degrees below zero. Well, the wind uh, that was crazy. Go under. Yes, it was a win game. It was a cold game. Saints ended up winning. That one went under. It was 17 to 10. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is... This is an all-time variance game, right? I mean, the Steelers are kind of the kings of variance. They've been outgained in every single game this year, and yet they are six and three. Cleveland, I mean, it just feels like we're we're in and out every week with Deshaun Watson. At least now we we know for sure he's not coming back, but they are not pivoting to PJ Walker. They are pivoting to Dorian Thompson Robinson. So you, you'll you'll appreciate this. So uh, when I was going to Madison, uh, I had a layover in Chicago. And therefore, I live in Georgia personally, so I don't have access to to the to the sports books. So I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to throw some futures down on, on the Browns. I, I liked their their odds to win the AFC North, and I, I thought the odds were okay enough to where it's like I'll 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 dabble in in them winning the AFC. Let, let's see, because I, I was very impressed by them last Sunday. Uh, I wake up Wednesday morning, and Deshaun Watson's out for the season, so those, those bets are deader than disco. Uh, already, so uh, that I really stepped in it there, but you know, the, such you is life. Into it. I, I really did, and and uh, you know, it was like I demanded satisfaction, like ha- having uh, emotionally overcome the the loss by the Ravens last week, and then it's like I, yeah. I must, the Browns must be really good. Uh, well, uh, now we now we run into a situation with DTR. I watched DTR very closely during his time at UCLA. I also watched him very closely uh, in his start against the Ravens earlier this year. That's not an NFL starting quarterback. I'm sorry. So, I mean, Kenny Pickett barely qualifies as that, to, to be fair. Yeah. But I, I just – there's no way that the Steelers lose to DTR. So, it, in a pick em type of setup yeah. like this, give me the Steelers. Yeah, I like the Steelers here as well. Uh, probably, again, not enough to use them in Circa, although you know, we'll, we'll talk through that later. And, uh, you know, with this landing at a pick em, it makes it a little more interesting. I mean, I, I guess in that scenario, we have to throw out all the Mike Tomlin as an underdog stats, John. Those just don't apply anymore. Uh, Steelers are on the road here. Uh, I read a great stat today from the Action Network. The Browns will start a backup quarterback this week for the 55th time in the last decade. <laughs> what? 
jarring, shocking. Like, how do you do that? They're almost 500 against the spread in those games too. Like it's, it, I mean, obviously part of it is injuries. Part of it is just like the, the Brown cycle of quarterbacks, but 55 times, like, so like basically five, five and a half times a year, you're starting a backup quarterback. So, I mean, who's even second on that list and how far, uh, how far apart is that chasm? It's gotta be like, I don't no know. one else has to know. be even, even in shouting distance of that. Yeah, dude, that is, that is wild. All right. Yeah. I don't, I, I wish we could go deeper on this. It's just, you know, it's such a weird game. And, you know, if, if one team was like a five point, like basically if anybody was getting real points here, I would just take that team when we have such a low total. But, you know, when it's at one or it's at a pick em, um, I, I do give slightly into the Steelers just because they technically have their starting quarterback. Uh, and I, I think they're the better coach team. Let's go to Bears-Lions. Uh, this is one that I, I, I like for the uh, the Circa contest as well, John. And uh, in Circa, this number, I believe, locked at eight. Uh, yes, it was at eight in Circa. It's, it's down to seven and a half now at DraftKings. We've seen some pretty significant movement in favor of the Bears since the Justin Fields news came down. Right, exactly. So that, that obviously changes things. I, I felt like when I was doing my initial uh, cursory glance at the spread earlier this week, it was ten and a half um, yeah. on, on Monday. So, I mean, that that is, to your point, a significant movement. I don't know if Fields is quite worth that. Like, I, I don't think that Justin – or I'm sorry, that, that Tyson Bajant was really – doing a whole lot, you know, uh, to, you know, the, the idea that he he would be like the starting quarterback going forward for the Bears, always ridiculous, but Fields first game back. I, I like the, I like the way that this has moved it, if I'm on the lines, which I am. And I, I think that the lions, you know, their defense is a real roller coaster week to week, but the, the bears don't have that set up to really make them pay for it. And I think the offense is clicking. They're they're at home. They've been a great team against the number th- this year. So just having to win by a little bit more than a touchdown, the way that they've been uh, playing offensively, especially uh, last week, I do expect that to continue here. So I, I do like the Lions. Yeah, you said they've been a great team against the number. That's absolutely true. They are an NFL best 7-2 and two against the spread so far this season. Uh, got a lot of numbers here that, that pushed me even more in favor of the Lions, John. They've covered 11 straight NFC North games. The Bears are 0-5 ATS and straight up after a win under Matt Eberflus. The Bears are 5-20-1 against the spread in the division since 2019. So there's there's not a lot pushing us here in favor of the Bears. I, I'm surprised. I'm still kind of like hunting for reasons as to why this is moving as much as it has. Like obviously going from Bajan to Fields, it's an upgrade, but I'm with you. I don't know that it's that much of an upgrade, especially coming off of you know an injury to his throwing hand. You know, I think I think it's fair to question, like, okay, what is is he fully comfortable? Is he, is he 100%? Is he going to be able to throw uh, to the degree that we expect, which isn't even all that high, right? It's Justin Fields. Like even when he's fully healthy, we have a lot of questions. So um, yeah, I, I really like Detroit here. You know, it's, it's a little suspicious that the line is moving the way that it has, but that is my my pretty heavy lean. We, we may see the debut of Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. Um, you know, he's he's been healthier this week. He's been participating in practice. I would think that we see him on Sunday. Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, a couple banged up linemen for the Lions. They practiced in full this week as well, uh, so that should help Detroit. Uh, I also put in a Sam Laporta over 50.5 receiving yards prop earlier this week, John. Uh, Bears are allowing an 82% catch rate to tight ends, and they mm. are second in the NFL in total catches by tight ends, uh, or total catches allowed to tight ends is another way to say that. Sam Laporta, 33 targets in his last three games. So I would target his receiving prop. You know, If you want to do any time touchdown, uh, I think you can get his, his receiving or his receptions prop at like 4.5. Uh, that that's another angle to attack this one. No, I like that. Yeah, definitely funnels to, to the tight end. Laporta's awesome. You know, he yeah, the uh the rookie tight end uh you know 
friends and so on. Like they, they just don't apply to that guy. He's, he's a boss. And, you know, I think in this particular setup, like you were saying with, with how the bears defend tight ends or, or lack thereof, I think this is, a, this is a very nice spot for, for him uh, to, to cross that number. Let's move on to chargers Packers, John chargers, three point favorites at Lambeau field. Our total is 44. I, I don't love the number, but I like the chargers in this game, John, I, I I'm still staying off the Packers. Uh, you know, I, I think, some people got got tricked a little bit two weeks ago, and they they had a pretty convincing win at home over the Rams. That was just such a, a limited version of the Rams, uh, you know, with, with Rippy and that quarterback. And I, I just don't think that was a, a real game that we could take a whole lot from. With that said, I think last week was Jordan Love's best game of the year. That was as confident as he's looked, you know, in terms of the downfield passing. He was significantly more accurate than he's been earlier this season. He did throw two picks. One of them was a bad one. One of them was just a desperation throw at the end. He, he had to put it near the end zone. So I don't really... Uh, take that as a, as a mark against Jordan Love. Uh, what say you? You were all over the Chargers last week against Detroit. And look, we'll take the push there uh, in a game where the defense allowed 41 points. No, exactly. Like that was uh, that was a real roller coaster. And, and uh, you know, the, the push, not ideal. It would have been great to have that at three and a half. But, you know, it happens. But we, at least we didn't take the L uh, there. And that, that was really like the, the only time this season on this show that I've been like Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. Usually I'm, I'm always banging the drum to, to bet against them. Um, but you know, the Packers, I just, I can't quite get there with, with them. I'm, I'm pretty much out on them. And I, I don't think that this is a game that we should include on, on our ticket necessarily, but, um, mm. you know, I, I, I think this is a, this is an ugly game. I, I just, I don't have a, a good enough feel on, on either side of this one to, to be confident because obviously like the, the Chargers defense is a complete mess. Keenan Allen popped up on the injury report as well. Um, there's only so much attrition that, that an offense can take that it's like that narrowly channeled you know coming into the year it's Eckler Mike Williams and Keenan Allen that's the entire offense and you take Mike Williams out of that equation uh Josh Palmer out of that equation uh Austin Eckler has been dinged up so I mean it's uh yeah it, it's hard to say I, I don't really buy that the last week was the beginning of a breakout for, for Quentin Johnston whatsoever so no, if he's asked to, to carry this you know I, I don't really know how the Chargers are going to be able to, to move the ball and score other than just dump offs to, to Austin Eckler essentially um so it, it's just it's not the usual Chargers that, that we're looking at here, and the defense is bad. And then you know on the Packers side, that there's really nothing in my eyes that that makes me trust them whatsoever. So I'm I'm pretty much out on this one. Okay, that's fair. I, I want to wait and see because Keenan Allen's been limited all week. You know he was he yep. was in and out last week against Detroit. Uh, he was limited at practice today. Uh, still dealing with that shoulder. Uh, I think we talked about it last week, right? He's got like a, I don't even know. Like the a vestigial head. Out of his, yeah, coming out of his shoulder. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, if Keenan Allen is out or limited, that that would probably back me off of the Chargers a little bit. You know, both of their tight ends are banged up as well. Gerald Everett, uh, you know, ended up exiting early last week against Detroit. Parham is banged up. Uh, another prop that I played, though, uh, earlier this week was Austin Eckler over 55 and a half rushing yards. Um, you know, I, I, I the whether or not Keenan Allen plays, I don't know if that really affects things. Like the Chargers have kind of recommitted to, to Austin Eckler on the ground. He's had double digit carries uh, every game he's been back since the injury. And Green Bay allowed 3.6 yards per carry before contact to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren last week. So I, I think this is a good spot for Austin Eckler, regardless uh, of your read on this game. Uh, not to right, uh, not to take the air out of that, but Eckler's averaged 2.8 yards per carry since coming off the injury. Yes, but the volume the has been there, and I think the Packers' mm -hmm. run defense is horrendous, and I think they're the okay. worst coach defense in the NFL. So that's that's my. It's not it's not even really a, a like you know Austin Eckler is going to go off type of bet. It's that the it's that Joe Barry is going to go off as the Packers' D coordinator. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like I like the phrasing of that. Now I'm with you. All right. Uh, quick message from our presenting sponsor, the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. It's football season at Circa. They have the best pool in history, Stadium Swim, three levels, six pools, a 143-foot diagonal screen. Stadium Swim is America's favorite place to watch football. They play every game from college to the pros. You can catch all the action poolside from a variety of seating options. They got cozy day beds. They got temperature-controlled cabanas. Stadium Swim It's located at Circa Resort and Casino. And this is the key here. It's open 365 days a year, all sports, all seasons. You can book your stay today at CircaLasVegas.com, CircaLasVegas.com. Let's get back to the board. Cardinals-Texans, John. Fun game out in Houston. Texans, five-point favorites over Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Is this a spot here where you're, you're jumping on the Texans? It feels like you know the, the, the ascent has begun. They're, they're going to you know give the Jags a run for their money in the AFC South, or do we view the Texans as a little bit overvalued? What say you? I feel a little bit overvalued. I, I would have loved the Texans at, at, at minus five against Josh Dobbs. Kyler was good last week. Like he, you know, the, the, the numbers weren't crazy or anything, but I, I think the, the eye test was absolutely passed for, for him. I think I thought the way that he moved, um, you could, you wouldn't know otherwise that he was coming off an ACL and that was his first game back. Um, I, I think that the, that Trey McBride is really starting to arrive as, as a really nice target in that offense. Um, obviously, Houston is just exceeding expectations on a weekly basis. Um, but I, I know you have some numbers here about how they performed uh, as favorites uh, thus far this season. But I, I think here, just five is too many points. So I'm, I'm going to lean with Arizona. And it wouldn't completely shock me if Arizona pulls this off and wins. No, me neither. I mean, I... I'm hesitant to buy in on, on Houston fully. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on CJ Stroud. You don't have to talk to yes. me about that. Um, I mean, this passing game has been incredible. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud is 0-3 ATS as a favorite this season. He's 5-1 and ATS as a dog. That is something to consider. I still don't trust the Texans defense. You know, played pretty no. well last week. Came up with some timely turnovers. You know, two picks in a row uh, by Joe Burrow in the second half. So, you know, perhaps they're, they're improving there. Uh, you know, getting Derek Stindley back in the mix should help. You know, part of the reason that Houston was able to pile up, you know, 500 plus yards of total offense last week was they finally got the running game going. You know, Devin Singletary, 30 carries, 150 yards. I guess you, you should be able to do that in theory against Arizona, but it's also not something we've seen at all from Houston before last week. No, exactly. Like that, that offensive line generally has been something that has always been something we talk about as something that's concerning going into a given week. Uh, it was nice to see Singletary do that. That that was like a vintage Singletary at FAU type of performance. Like they, they called him Motor back in the day. He was always getting like 30 plus carries for Lane Kiffin and just rocking out with it. So that was cool to see. I I, I was definitely a big fan of that, but mm -hmm. I'm dubious that, that they're able to to replicate that um, yeah. significantly. Um, if they get Nico Collins back, I, I suppose that that helps things as far as the passing game goes. But Overall, I, th I think that th there there might just be a little bit too much public enthusiasm on, on Houston right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna zag there and, and go with the cards. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I like that. There's there's not a ton of you know upset plays that I like this week, but that is one that I, I have on the card. So Cardinals plus five is our lean there. High total, by the way, 48 and a half, highest of the week. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Let's move on to Titans-Jaguars, John. Seven-pointer in favor of the Jags. That's where it locked at Circa as well. Uh, I, I don't know what to do, man. I, I am lost when it comes to the Jags at this point. I... You know, you know that like my, my mental health is always at play here, as it is for you when you when you have mm-hmm. to you know provide analysis on the Baltimore Ravens. And man, last week felt like a a pretty clear reminder that the Jags have some work to do as far as you know working their way into the elite tier in the NFL. Now, this should be a good bounce back spot. You're at home, you're playing the last place team in the division, a team that you know just could not move the ball really at all last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was the case two weeks ago as well on Thursday night against Pittsburgh. Uh, but I, I just I, I don't know what to do with, with with Jacksonville after last week, right? I mean that was such a beatdown, and you know the, the defense is one thing. You know, I, I'm actually not that worried about the Jags' defense. I, I think that was kind of an expected result against San Francisco, but the offense not even you know being able to to keep them in the game. That's what that's what worries me. And you know Ben Solak from the Ringer wrote a really good piece on on Sunday. You know kind of his weekly wrap up column and, and did a 
kind of a takedown uh, of the Jags offense, specifically Press Taylor, who's just been a disaster as a play caller this year. Uh, but but some of it was, you know, offering some criticism, and I, I thought fairly on Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm of the belief that he is not the issue. I think they are – they're almost treating him as if he's, like, a limited quarterback. I wouldn't go as far as to say, like, a Desmond Ritter. But if you watch the way they play, like, they're not – they're not really asking Trevor Lawrence to make big time throws very often. You know, it's a lot of just get it, get rid of it right away type of plays. I mean, he's second in the NFL in terms of fastest release after Tua Tagovailoa, and I just, I don't think that's a good thing necessarily. They're not, they're not taking shots downfield whatsoever. You know, the sack rate is way up compared to last year. That shouldn't really be the case. Like the offensive line isn't worse than it was last year. Their explosive play rate is way down. EPA per dropback way down. Success rate down. Uh, you know, TD and interception ratio obviously down significantly compared to last year, Justin Fields has more touchdowns on the season than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that is as damning as the stat as it gets. Mm, yeah. And, and Justin Fields again has not played in like what, like a month. Um, but yeah, it feels like the, the Jaguars, everything like the, the offense on paper looks great. I mean, that's why I bought in so heavily on them uh, in fantasy this year, but that they just seem to be trying to play on all Madden mode. Like nothing is easy for this offense. And I think that, you know, that plays, into the Titans hands a little bit. It's not the same Titans defense of the of a few years back or anything like that, but I think that they're going to be able to, you know, just by virtue of press Taylor running them into unfavorable situations, I think they're going to be able to keep this one close. So I this offense for for Jacksonville, it's hard to trust them with more than 7 points in a divisional game. So for for me, it is the Titans in this one again. Will Levis has, has come back to earth since his crazy, crazy debut looks a little bit more like probably what most people, myself included, expected from him uh, if he was going to have to play this year based on on the prospect grading. But I think that, you know, if Derrick Henry can get going, it's a tough run defense that Jacksonville has. But uh, I do think the Titans are going to be able to keep this one just close enough. So, yeah. it, you know, you, you look at the number again and it's like, how, how do I I'm going to try this shoe on? I'm going to try the, the Jags more than a touchdown. That shoe, that shoe doesn't fit for me. Yeah, Jags are 18, or excuse me, 8 and 16 straight up after a loss with Trevor Lawrence. And granted, a lot of those came during his rookie season. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't love the spot. I think the Jags win the game, but I, I think they make it more difficult on themselves than they need to. And it's for me, it's not really a vote in of Will Levis or in favor of the Titans. It's more just not trusting the Jags. Running contrary to that, though, is the fact that five of Jacksonville's six wins have come by at least seven points this year. So it's like when they've when they played well, they, they played pretty well and they won convincingly. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the bills game, uh, over in, in London is the only exception there. They won that one 25 to 20. Uh, so I think we're going to know early on, right? Like the Jags, like the way that they play, they either have it or they don't. That's kind of, that's kind of how they've been. That's how it was last year too. You know, you, you think back to the KC game in week two, you're like the offense is not gonna be able to do anything. Obviously that was the case last week. Um, and then even the Houston game that they lost in week three, they were out of that one, uh, basically yeah. right away. So we will know early. Uh, but I, I lean Tennessee as well. I think based on what we saw last week, uh, that, that's a little bit too big of a number to trust the Jags with. Fair enough. All right, let's get to Raiders-Dolphins, John. Biggest number on the board this week, 13 and a half is our spread at the DraftKings Sportsbook. That is, of course, in favor of the home team, the Miami Dolphins. 46 and a half is our total. Is, is this too high? Do we do we consider this one for Circa? What, what say you? I think it is a little too high. Um, okay. And obviously the, the Dolphins do have the rest advantage coming off the bye. Uh, so that, that helps. Uh, they're at home. We, we've seen what they do to, to bad teams when they're playing at home that, this year. Um, but I, I believe that, that Antonio Pierce has kind of breathed some new life into this Raiders team. You're not like overly impressed by beating the, the Giants and the Jets necessarily. And I, right. I, I totally get that. But, but at the same time, 
I think the Raiders have gone from a dumpster fire to, you know, some, somewhat uh, cagey, I think is how I would describe them. So I, th- I think that they can keep this to like 10 points. So, I mean, we can obviously uh, see a situation in, in which the Dolphins just boat race. They, they, they can absolutely do that when you have Devin, Devin Achan coming back. you got Tyree Kill, you got Jalen Waddle. Like the list goes on. Like it, it's explosive guys all over the place. So that it's really going to be on, on the uh, Raiders defense to keep a lid on things. I, I think this is actually a great spot for Josh Jacobs because I think that Miami run defense is actually pretty soft. So um, whatever props are out there for, for Jacobs on, on his uh, total yardage and his, his rushing props, anytime touchdown, I, I'm all over Jacobs this week. He'll be kind of a staple for me um, in DFS. And again, that that's under the uh, presupposition that that the Raiders keep this one reasonably close so they don't have to abandon the run. So I, I think that this one ends up being a win for Miami, but more like 10 points. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I come in as well. I I, I wouldn't be opposed to using this in circle. Like I, I think more often than not, Miami wins this game by two touchdowns, but I, I think it would be like 60-40. You know, it's not quite as convincing as I would like. And, you know, you're right about the Miami run defense, you know, ranks, you know, kind of middle, bottom of the league, uh, you know, around 20th in terms of defensive EPA against the run. But they've also they've only allowed 100 yards rushing three times this season, and two of those were you know 104 and 108 to Buffalo and Carolina. They, they've gone three straight now, you know, allowing fewer than 100 yards to the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. So I, I think the run defense might be making a little bit of progress, and mm. I, I do feel like with with Vegas, like it, it's 100 on Josh Jacobs, right? Like I, I don't think Aiden O'Connell is winning them this game, and if J, if Jacobs goes back to getting bottled up like he was through the first six or seven games of the year. I, I don't really see the Raiders having much of a chance. And, and something you mentioned too, that gives me pause on the Raiders is it, it feels like things are moving in the right direction, right? They're, they're kind of back to, to being a cagey team, which is the perfect adjective, but they beat the giants and they beat the jets. You know, it's like the giants are, they're in their own category. Like right now, like with, with what's going on with the injuries on that team. Like, I don't even, I don't think you could really properly judge what it means to beat the giants. And then, you know, it, it, credit to the defense for coming up with a timely pick to seal that win against the jets. But it really wasn't convincing to me. Right. And I think going from those two teams to playing Miami at Miami coming off of a bye, I mean, that is a huge level up in terms of competition. Man, Benson's got, got a, uh, a wild bit that he, he's throwing out there at us. So he, he's all over the, the uh, sunshine state teams, Jacksonville, Miami teasing, teasing it down. That that's, that's tired. Pleasing it. That's uh, when, when you tease them up. So he likes Miami minus 19 and a half and the Jags minus 13. I respect it. I mean, if, if it goes a certain way like that, those could both come in. I'm, I'm just, I'm a coward and I'm going to just take the points in both. Yeah. I don't, I don't love teasing either of those up. Uh, you know, I, it's certainly fun. You know, if, if you're, especially if you're in the state of Florida and you, you want to get a little action going, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody what bets they, they can and, and cannot make, but uh, would I advise it? No. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, if you're that confident in Miami and you're somehow that confident in the Jags, hey, why not? Go for it. Giants commanders, John. We were just talking about the Giants. Uh, they are eight and a half point dogs now uh, to the commanders. This game is in Washington. Our total is 37. Uh, interesting number here. I mean, it was up at 10, 10 and a half earlier this week. We've seen a little movement now toward the Giants. Yeah, I'm all over Washington. Um, I, I, I think there's a non-zero chance they hit the total by themselves. Um, I, yes. I, I think the Giants are, are that much of a disaster. Um, the Giants beat them the, the first time uh, up at the Meadowlands. Washington's been playing well uh, of late. You know, they, they've obviously notably given the Eagles a run for their money each of the two times that, that they've played. That They went out to Seattle last week and almost beat them as, uh, what, six and a half point 
underdogs on the road. Sam Howell's just going to – I think he's going to crush this defense. And, and I think also uh, when you look at the Giants, you know, all the all the defensive shortcomings that you can talk about for, for Washington, they just don't apply when Tommy DeVito is the quarterback. So as long as they, you know, keep Saquon bottled up, I mean, you just load the box basically and, and uh, the offense is just going to go three and out in my opinion. So – I like the giant, or I'm sorry, I like I like Washington here. I like them a lot, and you know the the fact that the number has moved towards the Giants should give me some pause. But I'm I'm just gonna recklessly say no. I like the I like Washington even better now. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's uh, you know, you could call it lazy analysis. You could call it square analysis. I I feel the same way. I liked it at ten. Why would I not like it at eight and a half? Can you come up with a reason for why this has moved? I mean, other than money coming in, like I. I was, I was rushing out to see, like, wait, is Tyrod Taylor coming back? No, that's not the case. Saquon Barkley was limited at practice today. Like, I don't I, I don't really see the rationale here for, you know, a fairly significant move. And it, it, the the money's not even all that lopsided. Like, it, it's 56% of the money com- coming in on Washington. So it's not like we, we have something akin to the Miami situation where 83% of the money is coming in on, on the Dolphins. So I can't really make heads or tails of why this, this has moved the direction that it has. And Again, that, that should probably scare me, but I think Washington does it. All right, Bucks 49ers, John. Uh, we move now into the late window on Sunday. Our total is 41 and a half. We're seeing the Niners as 12-point favorites at DraftKings. This one locked at 11 and a half in the circuit contest. Uh, you know, I, I think the very simple way of looking at this is, okay, the 49ers proved last week when they're healthy, they're back. You know, having Debo Samuel back in the mix is – almost difficult to quantify how much he means to this offense. Like it feels like he's kind of slid down the pecking order in terms of what his numbers are going to be week to week. You know, obviously like you can make a case that you know, McCaffrey is their most important player. Uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk has kind of emerged as, as a much bigger threat this year. You know, it, it does feel like when George Kittle goes off, that's like an automatic win for the Niners. But you know, I, I, I compared it on the show uh, with, with Jeff to, it's like, it's like LeBron's on off numbers with the Lakers, right? Where it's like when, when LeBron's on the court, it's not like he's scoring every time. It's not like he's just doing everything. But they're like, you know, plus 80 on the year or something with LeBron. And they're like minus 100 without him. Like, it kind of feels like that's Debo Samuel. Just having him on the field impacts everything. And we certainly saw that last week against Jacksonville. I, I don't think Tampa's a good team. You know, what worries me is, you know, Tampa, they're, they're like the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. They, they play they play like a slow-paced game. You know, they kind of grind it out. You know, they, they don't really want to be involved in a shootout. We saw what happened a couple weeks ago against Houston, where it was just last team to have the ball. Um, the, the question is, can, can the 49ers pile up enough points here? I mean, the total, like I said, is 41 and a half. So I, I think in general, when you have a, a lower total like that, you, you do tend to lean toward uh, taking a dog, especially when we're talking 12 points. But this is a, a unique matchup because of you know what we know the Niners are capable of. Right. I, I go back and forth on this one. But, um, you know, earlier in the season, I felt like the, the Niners were the best and most complete team in football. Then, then the uh, three-game losing streak happens, and maybe you're a, a little bit uh, more, more hesitant to to go that far, but I thought last week w- was more indicative of who the 49ers are. Uh, they return home. They they boat race teams before at home th- this season, even better teams uh, than Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay is kind of they they are a tricky team to to analyze for for betting. Like every single week, you know, you you can make cases uh, to where you can see them, especially as underdogs this big, but. Um, I don't know. They, they seem like a team that the, the pass funnel, like they can stop the run, uh, but and that's all well and good. But, you know, you, you can still get McCaffrey going in the passing game. You still have, like you said, Debo Samuel, George Kittle made the big splash play last week. And I, you, I feel like it's been a minute since he had like the huge game. That could certainly be in the cards here 
And, you know, the, the Bucks, if, if they get down, like they, they don't really have the type of, of team that, that can uh, make up a ton of points in, in a hurry, in my opinion. So um, I, I, I hate all these points, but at the same time, if I'm pick, taking a huge favorite this week, um, it, it is the Niners. The Niners' four home wins this year, John, have come by 23, 18, 19, and 32. So you're right to say that you know they've they've steamrolled teams at home, and they they did have the home loss to Cincinnati in Week Eight, but that was kind of at the peak of of all these injuries. So I I don't think we can just throw that out, but you know there are some caveats there. I'm with you. I mean, it's I, I think the the only way you can really confidently take Tampa is just the very simple analysis of it's too big of a number, and you know some people just kind of on principle don't like to take those. You know, we saw plenty of it last week with the Giants, uh, but I, I'm I'm with you on this. I I, I struggle to find reasons why. Uh, why San Francisco doesn't take care of business here. Jets-Bills, John, fascinating game to discuss. Uh, this is another late window game on Sunday. Bills still getting some respect here. They're seven-point favorites at home, total 39 and a half. I think we got big questions on both sides here, right? I mean, what do what do we do with the Bills at this point? They've lost six in a row against the spread. Uh, they're, they're lucky to have a, a couple straight-up victories in there, if we're being honest. And yet, you know, Mina Kimes had, had, had a great tweet earlier this week a lot of the underlying numbers still say that not only is this a, a good above average offense, but it's an elite offense. They're third in DVOA. They're first in success rate. They're third in EPA per play. They're fourth in QBR, third in yards per play, second in third down conversion rate, and third in red zone efficiency. I mean, those are those are the hallmarks of an elite offense. Where's it gotten them? Nowhere. They stink. I, no, they stink, but they, and they, they oh, certainly are better I, than... I, I think they might stink. There, there's some just cosmically wrong with, with this team and, and some real like kind of uh chef shuffling the, the deck chairs on the titanic uh but by, by firing ken dorsey not that ken dorsey's done a great job this year but uh you go ahead and, and you have a, a cover zero all-out blitz against the broncos when you don't need to do that they pick up the chunk yardage uh you, you get 12 men on the field on a missed field goal that ultimately leads to a, a loss for you and, and a win for the broncos something's up here so i i think the you know, what we saw earlier this year in the first game of the season where Josh Allen turned the ball over a bunch, I, I don't think that he is uh, – he just – he turns the ball over too much. And and that that's that's so brutal against a team like, like the Jets. I mean, the Jets can can absolutely make him make mistakes once again. Now, can they make uh, – can they make the Bills pay for it like, like some other competent offenses? Probably not. I mean, they haven't scored a touchdown in what, like 30-something drives? I mean, it's been – uh, absolutely brutal. Yeah, so brutal to watch uh, the Jets on offense. But I still think that basically I'm looking at this game. I say I like the Jets and I like the under in this one. I think that they keep this one really ugly. It's a slugfest. Uh, the Jets, they're going to need to possess the ball a lot in order to, to hang in here. Uh, I am a little bit worried that the Bills do wake up in, in this spot. But overall, um, I, I think that the Jets are, are my lean here. I think that they they um, stay close here and and uh, and get the cover. The Bills, there's just something something going on there that I don't think gets fixed this season. Does the firing of Ken Dorsey do anything for you, or was that just like we we need to we need to switch something up? And sorry, man, you're you're the weak link here. So so Mar Mario and I were talking about this on, on the pod earlier. Whereas the Raiders uh, firing Josh McDaniels was like a, a big weight off of the Raiders' shoulders and, and promoting uh, uh, Antonio Pierce uh, to, to head coach. Like, th this just feels like a desperation. Like, like uh, McDermott is kind of a desperate man, like maybe in his last accent. Like, I, I never even 
felt or even like saw people on Twitter saying that the McDermott could theoretically be on, on the hot seat. And then it, it was like a switch got flipped in everyone's head on Monday night. And everyone's like, is McDermott toast? Is he, is he bad? Is he done? Um, so, and like, you, you saw it like everywhere, all over Twitter on Monday night, there, the bills uh, and Benson brings up a good point that like they're in a gauntlet right now. Like th- this is their easiest game for, for the next little bit. And the only like for sure win that they should have, on the docket the rest of the season is I think week 17 against the Patriots. Like it until then, I'm not sure. And, you know, I, I guess I think that they, that they win this one, although more on that yeah. later. Um, I, I do uh, like the Jets to cover here. I don't know how you can't other than, you know, the, the ultimate counter to this is Zach Wilson. Right. And you know, like, how, how are we, how are we like this confident in a team that hasn't scored in 36 straight possessions? That's like that. That's almost what three. I think it's like almost three full games. It's like eleven quarters and then an overtime period. And uh, I, also, I know, is man. Garrett Wilson all right? Because I know his elbow looked pretty janked on uh on Sunday yeah. night. Uh, let me see what our friends at rotowire.com say. He was limited in practice on Thursday, so that, that would be a big one. And you you also mentioned uh you know something that that's been in the back of my mind is like when will the Bills wake up? Because we know they still have that in them. We saw it for a couple drives. On Monday night, right? It's like they they kind of vacillate between looking like this horrible, you know, team that just can't hold out of the ball, and then they'll put together a drive that reminds you, like, oh yeah, that's why we think they're one of the five best teams in the NFL. But yeah, seven points I, I think is too much here. Um, I, I think the pressure is mounting for Buffalo. I think they're feeling that. Um, you know, they have multiple turnovers in five of the last six games, but at the same time, like I also think some of these turnovers, like they're fluky, they're fixable, right? It's like Josh Allen just dropping the ball when he's handing it off, or yep. you know, Gabe Davis letting a ball go off his hands for a pick. Like some of the some of the Josh Allen stuff is is egregious, and he's just that's just who he is, right? He's going to throw bad picks every now and then, but a lot of these turnovers just feel like I wouldn't even say bad luck, but just like lack of focus, I guess, like something that can get cleaned up pretty easily. Well, Jay, uh, they had a, a good bounce go in in their favor. Like James Cook basically like fast break dribbled a football. Dude, I've never seen that. That was nuts. <laughs> that was so crazy. Ugh. Yeah, that was wild. Um, all right, Seahawks-Rams, final game in the late window on Sunday. Uh, this is one of our tightest spreads of the week. Seahawks uh, giving a point to the Rams in L.A. 46 is our total. I, I lean Seattle here. Uh, I, I can't give you great reasons why. I mean, we saw Seattle get smacked by the Rams in week one. Rams will get Matthew Stafford back. That's big. I also think we need to remember that Stafford is probably not 100% and was already showing some signs of slipping before this latest injury. So I, I, for me, it's not quite as easy as, oh, Stafford's back. The Rams will instantly be a much better offense. Right, but, but the, the line seems to suggest that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you got you got to, like, bear that in, in mind. But, I mean, that, that is a very good point about the Rams. Like, you know, a, a few weeks back, I was like, Rams plus six in Dallas. And good Lord, did I look stupid for that. Like, it, you know, just right away. Uh, that was tough. But um, – I just, I I want to say the F word about the Seahawks. I think they're fraudulent. Do it. I, I do it. I said it, man. I I don't believe in this team. I think Geno has regressed, and no one wants to talk about it. And I, I think the defense is fine, but that the offensive line gets caved in. I don't know if the Rams necessarily like are, are the team uh, that makes them pay for it, but um, I, I I do like the Rams here. I think it definitely does help if nothing else that Stafford's back, even if he's not at a hundred percent. You get you you come off the bye too. I think that that. Uh, certainly helps. This is a banged up team that they kind of needed uh, to to press pause and and uh, you know come into this game fresh. So I like McVeigh in this spot. I like Stafford. I, I think this is a good bounce back spot for for Nakua um, and, and for Cooper Cup respectively. So I, I think the Rams. Uh, you know, obviously that I'm not going out on too far of a limb here uh, with with the number being what it is, but I think the Rams win. 
Okay. Okay, I like it. A little spice. Rams nine and guy. one versus Seattle over the last ten against McVay. McVay has owned Pete Carroll throughout his tenure. So yes, I, I elder abuse. I, yeah, well, he's older than he looks. I'll tell you that. I do. I do think you know even if Stafford isn't playing at an, an extremely high level, like there is just like a a sense of confidence. I think that this team gains. They're coming off a bye too, but like you could tell I mean, in that Packers game, like I, I will tell anybody who wants to listen. The Green Bay is not a good team. They're not a well coached team. They're a terrible defense. And it was evident from like the first quarter on that the Rams were just out of it, right? Like you could just, there was an entire team that was just resigned to the fact that we're not moving the ball. We have no chance here. And at least like, at least Matthew Stafford kind of brings that, you know, brings that energy back to the team. Like they're, they're not going to come out flat here and you know, Seattle, they should be better. Right. But they're, they're, they're a team that like the yardage numbers look really good. They're like 30th in third down conversion rate or no in uh, red zone conversion rate. Excuse me. They're, they're bad on third downs. That was the case last week too. I mean, that never, that game should not have come down to what it did. Uh, you know, no, a game lucky field goal to win. against Washington. Yeah, and they were very lucky to win that game for the second time in three weeks. They were lucky to win the Browns game too. I mean, they're they're a team that that like rips off chunk plays. You know, they they run the ball pretty effectively, but they do not finish drives. And you know, they're not good on third downs. Like they they they're a team that like as much as I like Geno Smith, and it's still a fun story. Like there's just there's too many there are too many drives that end with Geno Smith. You know, kind of drifting, 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 and then just throwing the ball away. Yeah, it, exactly. Like that that is my mental image of them. Like it. My my, the the one that's kind of burned in my brain is is their end game against the Bengals, um, probably like a month ago or so, where they had endless chances to to either go up or, or tie, and they just every play basically ended exactly how how you just described it, where where Gino is, is getting rushed, he, he's you know somehow like fifteen or twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage, just like trying to get the ball away, like out of his hands and, and out out of bounds. Yeah, I believe they were four of 14 on third down last week against what is not a great Washington Commanders defense. Let's move to Sunday night, John. Uh, pretty good primetime slate this week. Yes. I mean, starting with Bengals-Ravens tonight. Uh, I mean, I would. this one is pretty clearly the third best primetime game of the week, uh, whereas last week it would have been number one for me. Vikings-Broncos, two teams that we, not that long ago, John, at least I did, I, I left them for dead. I, I thought the Broncos were just cruising toward a second straight disaster season. We were talking about, you know, how many more games of Russell Wilson before we see Jared Stidham? And, you know, I, I still think Denver is going to have a really tough chance, uh, you know, working its way into the AFC playoff picture. I think there's just too many sure. good teams. Minnesota, man, they are they are in the driver's seat firmly for that seven seed in the NFC. I, I really like the Vikings plus two here at Denver. I, I can I can definitely see that. I mean, the, the way that Josh Dobbs played but last week and, and in relief uh, two weeks or two weeks ago, just impressive. Like that, there's just some mojo with this team that you can't really quantify. And and you know, again, to to your point, introducing this game like a month ago, it's like this game needs to be flexed for like the the mental health yes. of, of this entire country. But uh, now it becomes like this this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I don't think we fully know who either of these teams are right now, but the Broncos are inching their way towards being respectable, which is a long way from where that where they were last season, of course, and, and through the early part of this season. I mean. They gave up 70 points to the, to the Dolphins earlier this year. And the, now the defense, you know, it it went into Buffalo and it, it held Josh Allen in check. So I kind of I kind of side with, with the Broncos here j- just because I'm, I'm dubious that the, the magic continues um, for, for Dobbs and the Vikings. We'll have to see if Justin Jefferson gets back and if he if he is back, um, what you know form uh, is he in after that long layoff? I go with the Broncos here. You know, they're at home, altitude, good point, um, all that. I just think that the Vikings, there's a little bit sort of like like with Houston, 
maybe a little bit much too much public enthusiasm for, for compared to what they actually are in the field. And I, I do give the, uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos a chance to uh, to win this one by a field goal. Oh, they absolutely have a chance. No question. I mean, I, I think we, we got to give props where it's due to, you know, first of all, Denver fixing, at least somewhat fixing its defense, right? Because, I, you know, the 70-pointer the against Miami kind of threw all the all the numbers out of whack, especially when that's your third game of the year. You know, you're still working with a pretty limited sample. But before that, they allowed 35 to the Commanders. The following week, they allowed 28 to the Bears. Uh, and then they allowed 31, which is like unfathomable now, to the New York Jets. But since then, 19 to KC, 17 to Green Bay, 9 to KC, uh, and then 22 to the Buffalo Bills. So something something has changed. Some, some switch has been flipped on that Broncos defense. So, yeah, I, as much as I love Minnesota here, I mean, a, a lot of it admittedly is just like getting wrapped up in the Josh Dobbs thing. And, you know, I, I still think most people, when you think of Denver, you, you still think of this clown show team with, you know, with a, an, an aging bad quarterback. And we want to make fun of them for the trade. But they've kind of gotten it figured out, man. They, they haven't. But the running game especially you know, has started to come around for Denver. Like they're not, they're not asking Russell Wilson to win them these games, which is a good thing. And, and also Russ isn't screwing up when they do ask him to do stuff. Like he's, yeah. I think he's like on pace for what, like 32 touchdowns and, and eight he's interceptions. Like, no, he's, he's really not. He, uh, the, some of my like favorite memes on, on Twitter have, have been like the, the office uh, cartoon meme where, where it's like the, the charming guy uh, is, is talking. He's like, Oh, I have 16 touchdowns and, and four interceptions. And it's like, oh, hello. And then the, the other one is I have 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. And it, it's uh it's Russell Wilson. It's like, oh, I'm I'm calling HR immediately. But yeah. um no, like Russ has low-key been solid this year. It's it's been uh, one of the one of the more undercovered su- surprising yeah. stories here. And 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 also back to the defense momentarily for, for Denver, it was always much a much better defense than what it showed. Like that on paper, there was no reason for them to be as, as atrocious as as they were playing. They were really good last year. The famous stat, you know, if they if the Broncos score more than like eighteen point one points per game last year, they're in the playoffs. So they it, the defense can't backslide quite that hard that that fast. So I'm I'm glad to see it correcting here, and I do think that the Broncos uh, come away with the win by by more than two. Yeah, Broncos top 10 in defensive EPA since week six. So that would that would certainly back up the eye test. Uh, let's move to our final game and I would say arguably the best game of the week and probably the entire the year. year. Eagles yeah. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, not even arguable. It's definitely the best game of the week. Uh, arguably the best game of the year. Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl rematch in Kansas City. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. We saw some threes earlier this week. It's moved a, a little bit. 45 and a half is our total. Uh, I mean, this is... With this game being in Kansas City, about as close to a, a, a pick'em as we get here, huh, I, I, I struggle to speak confidently on this one. I, I like the Eagles, though. I, I do. I think you know we got both teams coming out of a bye. Both teams should be fresh. I mean, you worry maybe a little bit about the shoulder for Jalen Hurts um, or the knee, excuse me, for Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Took a hit to that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Not on the injury report as of Thursday, though. So that's a good sign. And you know, somebody who even when he stayed in the game, like to me, he was he kind of saw him limping and favoring it a little bit, but he didn't look like a different quarterback to me. He was still you know, just as effective after taking that hit. Uh, did you have a strong lean here? I just can't see the chiefs losing. I, I just, I can't do it. I, I know the chiefs that they, they look different than, than they have in recent years where it's all offense It's actually the defense that, that's really helping them uh, to, to the record that they have uh, thus far. Um, and the Eagles are, are obviously going to be testing that there, even without Dallas Goddard, they, they have probably the best offensive line in football. Uh, you have, in my mind, that the the best receiver in football right now, Devontae Smith, I think is about to get unlocked. Um, with Goddard being out, we saw something very similar to that last year. And DeAndre Swift 
uh, running well for his own part. Jalen Hurts playing extremely well for his own part. And the Philly defense also nasty. Um, but I think I think I'm still concerned about Philly's secondary, and I, I think that's that's the key to this game, right? Because Kelsey's going to get his. That that's just how it is. Um, but can any of these other Kansas City receivers, who frankly, outside of maybe Rasheed Rice, just aren't that good, are they going to be able to win their one-on-one matchups against these Eagle Eagles corners, who are generally, in my opinion, fairly beatable? So yeah. I, I I just I give the lean to Mahomes with some extra time off. I love that that, that both teams. Uh, are coming off the bye here. That's a, that's a huge W for for the schedule makers. Just giving the giving this game like the exact treatment uh, that it needs. But in in the end, I, I think that the the Chiefs are just a touch better than the Eagles. And and with them being at home, I, I, I'm taking the Chiefs here. Do you have a uh, a read on the total here, John? Eleven and one to the under on Monday night so far this season. Forty five and a half. I, you know, normally you would you would worry about a total like this with Kansas City. But I, one, we have this insane trend that feels like it, it should continue. Um, but do, do, you, do you think the you know the Chiefs' offense wakes up enough to push this over? I'm going to say that this this ends up being a bit of a defensive struggle. So yeah, it, it, it was this, it was this particular week five years ago that like the greatest Monday Night Football game ever was played between the, the Chiefs and the Rams. Uh, just points, points, points. It was like watching a Big Twelve game in the NFL. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I, I think that this game has a similar level of, of intrigue and it, it's going to be a great one that, that delivers, but I think it's going to be uh, more like a, a what, 24, 20 type of game in yep. favor of the chiefs. All right. All right. Uh, let's do some survivor talk quickly, John. And as we say every week, when we get deeper, we don't know who you have left. Uh, it becomes more and more difficult to, to give actionable advice, but uh, we got some obvious ones this week, right? I mean, 49ers, uh, you know, dolphins, Cowboys, lions, uh, you know, most of those teams probably used up. And, you know, if you're playing in the circuit contest, you're, you're saving either Detroit or Dallas, uh, for next week. But, uh, if we, if we take the, the colossal spreads out of the equation this week, are, are there any kind of sneaky spots that you like? That honestly, I mean, I, I can't get away from the 49ers and, and that's disqualified for, from this question. So, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to find a great survivor pick uh, this week, especially yeah. with that Thursday wrinkle uh, big, baked in. So maybe the Chargers, but then like even yeah, then on, like on the that. road, you know, and I, I don't like the Texans um, as my survivor pick for, for this week. Um, and But again, uh, to, to give some full transparency to the listener, I bowed out in Survivor last week. The Bengals, no, no. how could you do it to me? Yeah, so and, oh, and I, I, Jeff, it, Jeff lost on the Bengals too. It was it was a week where we had to use two because um, we we try to like create some separation in, in the in the standings and my my picks were the the Bengals and the Seahawks so you know it, it didn't matter um, what what happened in Seattle be, because the, the Bengals had already lost but man I would have been losing my mind if, if I was waiting on on the Seahawks result to, to come in and, and I had still been alive at that point that was whew, yeah. harrowing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know if the, the commanders count as like, you know, one of these big spreads anymore at eight and a half. I, I feel pretty comfortable with the commanders winning that game straight up. But I like your Chargers call. That's that's where I would go if I'm if I'm looking at Katrine or if I've used all these these obvious ones this week. Uh, all right. You know what that means, John? We're on to the parlay teaser locks of the week. Give me your parlay. All right. I, I got a couple of them dialed up for, for this week. Um, so uh, and both of them are outrageous kind of so you know bear with me or, or take them with with the requisite boulder sized uh grain of salt uh my first one 
This one pays out plus 1228. I like Arizona. Oh, yeah, I know, right? And it gets even crazier. Um, Arizona, plus five. Dallas, minus 10 and a half. Tennessee, plus seven. Washington, minus eight and a half. That, again, pays out plus 1228. And then th this one, again, more uh, – we're, we're shooting for the moon uh, on this one, so we'll have to see. But Jets money line, plus 260. Oh. Arizona money line. Plus 194. Washington money line to just kind of, you know, give, give me a, a leg to stand on here. And then the Rams money line minus 104. That that pays out plus 24.95. Goodness, Jonathan. Almost 25 <laughs> to 1. We love it. I was in the lab. Love man. It. man, talk oh, about yeah. being in the lab. I, I love that. All right. So, so to recap that big one, that was Jets, Cardinals, and Commanders money line plus the Rams money line. Yes. All right. All right. I like that a lot. I'm playing it considerably safer with mine. I'll tell you that. Uh, I like Dallas money line, Detroit, or no, sorry, Dallas spread. Obviously. Yeah. I like the money line too. Uh, Dallas spread, Detroit spread, Minnesota spread. That gets you to plus 595. Uh, we're going back to the well on a seven point teaser this week, John, uh, that will pay plus 130. We are teasing the Miami Dolphins down to minus six and a half. We are teasing the Minnesota Vikings up to plus nine. And we are teasing mm -hmm. the commanders down to one and a half. Ooh, I, well played, sir. I like that. Yeah, it's a very teasable week this week. Uh, all right, lock of the week, John. What do you got? All right, my my lock of the week is the Titans plus seven. I just with the, with the way the uh, Jaguars have been playing on offense, I don't see them blowing them out. Uh, you you brought up a great point where when the Jags win, they they won big this year. But I, I think that this one, with it being a division game. I like Mike Vrabel. He's a he himself is Mr. Cagey. Um, I I will take the, the Titans in the points. Okay, I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the Lions. I know we're seeing movement toward the Bears, uh, but I, I keep keep it coming, man. Lions are seven and a half point favorites at home. I, I think this Bears team is still still trash. I, I don't think Justin Fields is going to change that. Lions, like we said earlier, they've covered 11 straight games in the division. Bears uh, have not covered under after a win under Matt Eberflus. They're 5-20-1 against the spread in the division since 2019. Uh, I, I think the Lions keep it rolling here, and I um, think the Bears are a little bit overvalued with Justin Fields coming yes. back. Um, all right, any parting thoughts here? or any uh, Anything you want to get off your chest as far as this Ravens-Bengals game goes tonight? Yes, I'm, I'm glad you, glad we were ending there, and I'm, I'm glad we didn't uh, spend too much time on it at the at the top because uh, I'm I'm in doom mode. I, I, I think that Joe Burrow's got that look in his eye. I, I know that last week happened the way that it did, but <laughs> – Oh man, I, I I think the Bengals might make a pretty pretty loud statement this evening. Really, even with yeah. no T Higgins, even with the banged even up no Trey Hendrickson. That, that's right, and and no Sam Hubbard either. So that that's going to be the key. If the Ravens can kind of tap back in, uh, wind the clock back to when they were a dominant run run team, I think that's that's how it can be done. I mean, obviously Devin Singletary ran all over them. You got to like the Ravens' run game, uh, you know, to to do something similar if if things are, are going to go the Ravens' way, but. I think Burrow and and his cavalcade of, of cast-offs other than Jamar Chase will, will find a way to, to get it done in Baltimore and I think do so rather convincingly. And, and people, I'm not going to enjoy listening to NFL media for the next week. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I hope you're wrong about that because I'm going Ravens in my Pick'em League tonight. Uh, I also hope right. you're wrong about the Titans uh, for my, my own mental status, but... Uh, looking forward to seeing how all this plays out this weekend. We thank everybody uh, for watching along live, giving us some commentary, uh, as always, in the chat. And uh, best of luck if you're betting the NFL this week. If you're listening to the show, I sure hope you are. And we will reconvene next Thursday.